0: Um, so, <laughs> welcome everybody to Faded Mates. Uh, I'm Sarah McLean. I write romance novels. I read romance novels. I'm Jen
1: Prokop, and we have a special guest with us today. Introduce yourself.
2: Um, I am Alyssa Cole, and I'm here with my frogs. <laughs> <laughs> frog um enthusiast I guess (laughs) there you go
0: (laughs) Alyssa lives on an island where there are a lot of singing frogs at night and we are recording at night so (laughs) what you hear are the dulcet tones of her island paradise um so, I
1: mean, everyone has their nighttime sounds. They're just different depending on it's where you true. live.
0: I live in the LaGuardia flight path. <laughs> See, there you go. And <laughs> Fated Mates listeners will know that I live in the LaGuardia flight <laughs> path. Um, but we're super excited because Alyssa is honest to God, you guys. I think Alyssa Cole writes the best novellas in romance. Possibly ever. (laughs)
1: Possibly ever. I I know. I was like, it's actually, I'm really excited. So as you've discovered from Sarah's overture there, that's what we're going to be talking about this week, are romance novellas. And I think that they are, I feel like they're kind of like misunderstood or people don't like them. And I just want everyone to know that they're wrong because novellas, (laughs) to me, what I love about them is they're just like... Like you know how when you're like an ultra marathoner and you're like okay I don't know Wait, actually. Do you not know? <laughs> my you old are, boss how is it. When you're My old boss, my old boss was an ultra marathoner and I heard all these crazy stories but like you would like you, you it's you have to like suck gel out of packs and stuff like that. But I feel like that's what romance is. It's like a novella. It's just like pure energy. That's what's so good about it. You could run a marathon on the an ultra marathon on the joy of like a novella, a good romance novella. You could
0: just suck gel out
1: of packs. you too. They they are. They are the shut gel. They are the Soylent Green uh, romance novel. Okay, I said pure energy. I did not say human
0: repackaged food consumption. You took that to the wrong place. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it is Alyssa, and she's also written some really weird stuff, too. Though less in the novella world, although there's one coming, right?
2: There is one coming. It's a longer, it's it's a longer, longish novella, um, but it's still a novella, and it is basically robot boyfriend,
0: a robot boyfriend novella. So I can't wait, and it's audio only, right?
2: Yeah, it's audio only. Eventually, there will be a print, an ebook, and a print version. But um, I tried to write it a little, I tried to have a little bit of fun since it's going to be coming out in audio first, so hopefully it will work out. <laughs>
1: That's so cool, because I feel like there's so many robot girlfriends, right? And I am super excited to have a robot boyfriend.
2: Yeah, I've been obsessed with them. I mean, I've been I've always been obsessed with robots, but um, I have a short that came out in Best Women's Erotica in December that is a... Another robot boyfriend, but it's like a 3,000 word story. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I just love kind of the idea of um, it's a great way to explore emotion and humanity and also, you know, have fun. Um, it's a romantic comedy thriller. <laughs> In a way, I don't know, it's kind of weird But <laughs> like, I, was, I was kind of aiming for like 90s style Like romantic comedy Where some action stuff could happen too Um But then you could also have Like, you know, some bumbling Sandra Bullock stuff I don't know, we'll see if it works <laughs> speed,
0: yeah, speed, speed, speed with speed. a robot boyfriend But Keanu Reeves you Keanu know? Reeves, but make him robot <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, actually yeah
1: yeah that would work cool really well
0: all
1: right i think that was the matrix but okay sure
0: (laughs) that's the gel packs we're going back to gel packs see it all comes back to gel packs (laughs) being an you know when you're an ultra marathoner um in the matrix (laughs) in the matrix
1: i mean that's the only place i've ever been oh yeah my my old boss was an ultra marathoner and it was fascinating like It was like talking to someone who literally was an alien. I'd be like, okay, now, why do you do that again? (laughs) What is the purpose?
0: Well, okay, so I want to just get right into it because, so I wrote, I've written one novella, and it took me as long as it takes me to write a book, and it was hard, and I want to know, like, you are so good at it, Alyssa. You've written so many. They are all so different they are all so brilliant. you are so good at I feel like the I feel like in your hands the novella is a tool for different kinds of craft for um, some kind for experimentation for important text in terms of social issues. Can you talk a little bit about why you are so good at the novella? I mean, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but, like, I I think we're all friends here. I feel like you can acknowledge that the novella is a sweet spot for you. And why is it? Um,
2: well, first of all, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, And I don't know. Well, first, I just kind of really love, um shorter and novel and novella length stories um when i was growing up i used to love reading when my parents would get anthologies mm. like you know uh, fairy tale retellings or various um short stories i really loved it because and i that's why i still enjoy reading novellas and short stories now i know some people really don't like it because they feel feel like it's not a complete story but for me it, when it's done well from it's like i don't want to call it a snack but it's like you can get everything you need um it's a jolt
1: uh, it's okay
2: <laughs> yeah it's a joke. like you get everything you need and you can still get all the happy good feelings you can still get um a well told story just um reading it in a shorter amount of time. And I don't know if this is um, because I have ADHD, but sometimes it's very difficult for me to read a full novel, even if I love it. Um, I'll put it down and then like get distracted by something else. Um, Also, because I've been writing so much, I haven't had as much reading time. So for me, um, particularly now, but always, I've kind of really loved this format where you could have something in a a package that you could read more quickly, um, that is still a complete story. And for me, it's also a way because uh, I have a lot of ideas. Uh, I just kind of there are so many that I want to get out there, and at the same time, I cannot write a full-length book for each of these ideas. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean, even if I could, it would be a little, you know, over the top to just be like throwing out full-length novels all the time so I feel like and <laughs> I, I, there's no way I could but like you know just I feel like just as, even as a way of like and every story and the other thing too is that I don't think every story needs a full-length novel like there are some I feel like the no, the novellas I've written um some of them I could have made full-length but I think most of them, I was happy with the length that they were. And I felt like that was the story that needed to be told.
1: I'm going to say something really ironic because I, I don't, I'm not a runner, but I seem to have a lot of running metaphors, but (laughs) I remember once a woman saying like talking about how like she, she loved running, but she figured out that like a half marathon was her distance, right? Like that, that was just the one that she felt the best running. It was like the one that felt right to her, um, and I feel like it's almost like writers also have like a preferred like distance, right like this feels yeah. like the right amount of words for this story,
0: yeah. I mean, but I would say it's all of the, for all of how, for how much I love Alyssa's novellas, I mean, she also writes a very, very, very excellent long book. So, I mean, on behalf of everyone, whatever. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, and Alyssa, you know this, like, I'm thinking about Let Us Dream and Let It Shine, which are both from, um, one is from The Brightest Day, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it's called, right? The anthology, the Juneteenth Juneteenth anthology. And the second is the same group of authors in um, Daughters of a Nation. Daughters of a Nation, yeah. A Black suffragette historical um, romance anthology. And both of them are just so perfect because. And I think this is something that we're starting to see more and more and more in romance, especially now in, you know, in, in the wake of the election too, although the Juneteenth anthology came before, predates the election, um, is this idea of using the novella to make, a, to say a, to say something and to sort of set a stage that is, that is pointed politically. And do you feel like that's a thing that I mean, I know that your books, your books tackle important issues too. But do you feel that that's a? It's easier to do it in a novella, or is it just sort of the way you do it?
2: Um, I think for me, for certain things, just personally, it's easier um, to not have to go like delve. Like I'm only going to a certain depth. Um, not like I'm not saying that novellas are shallow, uh, but for example, like there's a difference between writing like a full-length civil war uh, novel and like having to immerse yourself in all of that for a full-length novel um and like you know use the space of a full-length novel to explore certain things and using the format of a novella where you can still talk about the same issues and um you kind of have to be really specific, um, be, you have to, your writing has to be really tight. And you also, I don't know, for me, it's just like, there's a way, it's a way of talking about a variety of different time periods of, you know, different, uh, social justice movements, um, and eras in American history and kind of just being able to, I don't know. For me, it's like I because sometimes I just don't want to be it, it's, I'm not saying that it takes me a short amount of time to write a, a novella. Sometimes they take as long as a novel. But for me, it's just easier to be like, OK, this is like the length that it's going to be and kind of work to fit everything into that length instead of like um, going into a deeper and deeper <laughs> dive right, right. and trying to. Um, you know, uh, sub, really submerging myself in it. Right. So for me, and also, again, like it goes to wanting to tell all of these different stories. I'm certainly not the only person telling these stories. Um, as you said, the other stories were in anthologies with Lena Hart, Piper Hugelot, and Kiana Alexander. There's, of course, uh, Beverly Jenkins. Um, uh Lots of other people who are starting to write more historical or who have written about these kinds of things, but it's just kind of, um, I get interested in something and then I say, okay, I can write a story about this. Um, you know, some of it is how much time do I have to write it, and also, I don't know, for me, I just really enjoy myself like reading things in a shorter format, Mm -hmm. um, like. One thing I was thinking of, I think it was last year or maybe two years ago, there was this uh, K-drama on Netflix. It was called Noble, My Love. Um, and it, it, each episode was like 15 minutes, I think. Oh. And I was like, you know what? This is amazing to me because, like, for me, I hardly ever start a new show um, I just get, I feel like the
1: commitment is too oh, much. Yeah. And then, I'm the same way. It's overwhelming. Yeah, I'm like, now, now I'm... I'm in for 800 hours of this. So fuck. Exactly. And like, yeah, then I
2: like, or I'm like looking through and I'm trying to find something and it just gets all overwhelming and I'm like, oh, and even if it's something that seems like exactly in my wheelhouse or something that I would love, I'm just like, oh, it's an hour long. Like, yeah. <laughs> an hour is so long. But so then I found this K-drama um, and it was fifteen each episode was fifteen minutes and it wasn't like the most amazing show ever but it was entertaining and when I was watching it I was like oh wow I was like all they need is fifteen minutes to hit the points that they need to hit for a romantic um, series you know serialized television show. Like things were obviously rushed in some ways but at the same time I was surprised by how much they were able to fit into each of each episode Um, you know like kind of as far as romantic comedy expectations were for a tv show so like it was something that I was thinking about as far as romance novels and novellas and how some you know some people think that they don't provide enough but really you when you're writing them and or when you're reading them you're just looking for those expectations that are in any romance novel Um, And I think sometimes when you read them And you don't enjoy it It's because um, Some expectations were not met uh, Or or they were You know, kind of left out Instead of being condensed Down into a a shorter format And I think that's maybe Why some people Assume that they won't like a novella They think that some things are cut out But when in reality you're not cutting anything out You're just condensing it um, condensing the story format.
0: Sure, I mean, also it just feels like a novella is it's it's hyper. It, the being able to condense it also provides you with sort of a straight shot of plot and conflict. There's nothing yes. kind of gumming up the works. Yeah, and I, what that ends up doing is really streamlining things like. Um, not only conflict but also the actual craft of writing a novella you start yeah. you have to you have to strip out all the flabby bits to make right. a novella be a, pack a powerful emotional punch well and that's
1: what i was going to say to me it's about like really good novellas it's like mainlining feelings yes. and i feel that way about romance <laughs> all the time but like in a novella it's just even like more like right it's so intense Right? It's like that and I that's what I really like about it, is it's it's like you're just gonna get right into it, you're gonna like feel those feelings, and there's like nothing extra, right? It's like extreme close up version.
0: Well, it's like um Once Ghosted Twice Shy, which is one of your Mm -hmm. one of Alyssa's um contemporary novellas. It's it just feels like you're just trapped in a phone booth with these people, just falling in love Mm -hmm. so hard and beautifully. And so – and it it just – there's nothing else – it's sort of the perfect – it's the perfect morsel for a romance reader because, I mean, I say all the time on this podcast, like, I don't want to read any – I want the two characters to be on the page together all the time. Like, yes. I just want them to – I want to <laughs> smush their faces Same. together. Kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> right? And with a novella, you get that so much more than with, you know, a novel where you have to, you know, spend a chapter with somebody – with their friends,
1: well, and in once ghosted, once ghosted, twice shy. Like they actually, one of my favorite parts of that novella is they go to this like little like mini museum, right? Mm-hmm. It's like in a, I don't know where was it? Like I was like an elevator shaft, a closet? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, but it's a, it's a, and
2: it's a real museum. It's yeah. Um,
1: it's, but I was like, it's yeah. the perfect metaphor for like a novella, right? Like you're, it's just this perfect you're little right. bit, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well done. I don't know if you caught that, but I did. (laughs) I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that is true. (laughs) Well, because form form and function go together, right? And that's the part that I really like about a novella. When you choose that form, you're really, like, deciding that this is the kind of story you want to tell, either because it's, you know, I mean, I like, you know, you were talking about, like, setting or type of story, but I also think ultimately the like that's supercharged with the characters too and yeah. that that's why i read romances for characters and so it's like be to be able to get all that all at once is really pleasing to me and i think one other thing and you mentioned like a couple different anthologies is as someone who reads a lot i i i feel like i read re- really widely i try to read everybody but a really good well-packaged anthology Mm -hmm. also allows me to take a chance on new writers and I found a lot of people I've really loved that way and so I also feel like you know romance anthologies really give people an opportunity to like duck in and out of a bunch of authors and really like kind of see what they're doing and I I think that's awesome too. yeah
0: that's how I discovered uh Kiana Alexander yeah. Is through the two anthologies with, um, with you, Alyssa. So yeah,
2: and it's like that's the thing too. And like I said, like growing up, I like I wasn't reading romance anthologies, but like just getting to read a variety of stories um, written by different people, and yeah, find people whose work that you can really enjoy, or find um, you know, just get that. I feel like the main thing with, like, novellas and short stories for me is also just time. Um, like, yeah, there's just something really gratifying to me about, it's like finding, like, I don't know, a really expensive piece of clothing on sale at the secondhand store or something. <laughs> like, a similar feeling of, like... Wow, I got, like, all these feelings, and it was only...
1: (laughs) and it was so cheap.
2: It was only in this, it was in this packet, this, like, small package, like, that's amazing. Uh, So just kind of, like, you know, the idea of, like, you know, I love reading, obviously I love reading full-length novels, too, but um, there's just a kind of special enjoyment of, like, wow, when you read a good novella you're like, that only took, like, an hour and a half or something, yes. and I, I still have all of this, like, the same amazing, happy
1: romance squee feelings. so. Yeah. You know, it's also one of my, um, like, slump buster strategies because, mm-hmm. you know, everyone gets in a reading slump, and I feel like sometimes I'm just, like, picking up and rejecting full-length novels really for no reason, and then often I'll default to reading novellas because, right like it's it it doesn't feel like it's like okay this isn't working for me but it's not a big deal I can keep on going whereas if I put a novel down chances are very slim I'm going to come back to it and I I don't want to give a novel I know I might like it another time the boot just cuz it's bad timing so I will often read a lot of novellas when I'm kind of I'm not sure right I'm like oh I just I'm not in the mood for anything so novellas will often kind of bust that slump for me
0: yeah so who's got who should start jen do you want to start
1: yes i was like let me start because <laughs> you start i um i read uh all of the rita novellas oh, this year
0: Right. Your your you a never-ending project uh i'm Wait, about to end that motherfucker i have be, one more book <laughs> when is this episode oh has the, have the readers
1: happened <laughs> i don't remember maybe <laughs> are so we in the future <laughs> we're in the future you guys they're like oh yeah she finished that forever ago um and it was funny it was in a weird way it was a i actually started with the novellas when i first started the project way back in march and I, it was a great way to start because I really like felt like I was making a lot of progress, like number wise, fast. But the one, I mean, I really loved. There are a couple. Of, they were all really good, by the way. Like it's a really strong category overall. Like, um, loving the secret billionaires in there by Adriana Anders, which we talk about in
0: another interesting. We've talked Stay about, tuned.
1: yeah, um, bad blood by M. Malone. I really enjoyed. But the one I'm going to talk about tonight is called Dragon Lord by Dana Martin. And part of the reason I wanted to talk about it is because its its he's a dragon shifter. And I feel like, um, I think sometimes people think you can't possibly do a novella that's like sci-fi or paranormal because of like world building constraints. And I think that this is like a really great novella for showing that it it doesn't matter right like th- you can be just as effective even if you have to build out a world with you know a hundred pages as you can be with 500 pages and it's just like you said it's just like more streamlined and more compact but basically the the, the story starts with a dragon waking up in his dragon cave because he hears the local villagers like agitating outside and as it turns out, he's like the local dragon in the neighborhood. <laughs> and every time something goes wrong in the villages, they sacrifice a virgin to him. And oh, he's like, he's like, that's okay, lucky. I, yeah, right. He's like, oh, I guess these mother, and he's like, thinks they're all a bunch of jerks. And oh my god, now they're gonna like throw this woman in here. I'm gonna have to deal with her. And you know, it's like it's better. At least it's better. That's it's a virgin than a knight when Wait, they throw the he knights eat her?
0: in here. Okay, like, can like, you has he eaten her in the past? No, he has I mean, eaten I'm other virgins. He eats her.
1: Uh, well, of <laughs> course, that's the good kind of eating. But he has in in the past been like handed virgins before, right? And or knights, and he just deals with them. But he just thinks everybody in the village they're these essentially like local yokels with like bad superstitions. And so she, you know, this beautiful girl arrives, and her name it's like. It's like Enin, or it's, it's like got a lot of vowels. It's like E-I-N-E-N, Enin. I'm just going to go with Enin. Anyway, she arrives and he's like really impressed by her, like Moxie. Like she's got a sword and he's like, oh, so are you going to fight me then? And she's like, yes, I'm, and he's like, well, how are you going to do it? She's like, right through your heart. And he's like, well, do you know where a dragon's heart is? (laughs) Right. And he sort of like plays with her a little bit. And, you know, he's like, well, why are you here? Is it is it drought? Is it war? And, he, and she's, like, flooding. And he's like, ugh, well, why do they think sending you in here is going to fix it? You know, he's so world-weary. <laughs> so he basically agrees. He says, well, what if you just go back to the village with, like, a claw? I and mean, he, like, pulls one out of, like, a, you know, the corner or whatever. And tell everybody <laughs> that you wounded me. And then you can go and, like, just be the savior of the village and... Everybody will be happy again because you'll have, def- you know, like, wounded the dragon and got away. But it turns out that, so she's like, all right, sounds like a plan. Thanks, you know, and, you know, he says, but you're going to have to come back in two weeks. Otherwise, they're going to think I'm soft, and then they're going to really try and come and kill me, and I'll have to kill everyone, and that's going to suck, so come back in two weeks. Well, she goes back to the village, and even though everything in the village gets better for everyone, people are treating her very differently and she realizes it's because she was never supposed to come back and now she's made all the men in the village uncomfortable because she did Mm. something they couldn't do and the local priest she could tell is getting ready to essentially burn her at the stake she he she knows he's decided she's a witch so she sneaks out in the middle of the night and goes back to the dragon and they go on an adventure together and (laughs) as one is is honestly it's delightful it is like literally like when you were a little, when I was a little girl, and I would watch like Disney movies. Yeah, you know how that felt. Yeah, that's yeah. how reading this book made me oh feel. Oh my god, Jen, this is a great uh, review. Why haven't you told me about this book? I don't. I, it's hard to do on Twitter, <laughs> You're like, right? Because I'm reading eighty four thousand books. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I was just reading these fucking books. But no, it is really delightful, and he, it's just super charming. And it turns out he's a man between midnight and dawn right oh so my that's god it's they, like lady hawk exactly ah! <laughs> exactly he's
0: rutger hauer
1: but a dragon <laughs> you guys i'm not even i'm not even gonna lie to you everything about this fucking book is perfect and it's sold so, it's yeah you i mean could, i was
2: already as soon as you said dragon shifter i was like okay i'm here i'm gonna read this yeah <laughs> i'm definitely gonna read well,
1: it wait out. well it you can read it in an hour and then go run an ultra marathon. You're welcome. <laughs> Wait, have you guys read Brearly? Which was no. not. My, no. Or Briarly? I have it. It's Briarly. I, have it. I haven't uh, read it yet. Though. Well,
0: I mean, if you like a dragon shifter, let me tell I you. do. This was not my pick for today, but welcome to an interstitial episode. <laughs> um, Briarly is a male male World War II set novella. So it goes back to what we were talking about, Alyssa, where like yeah. you can explore time periods where you know you might not be to be totally honest you might not be able to sell a book set in that time period right Yep. that's right. that
2: that was the other thing actually i'm glad you brought that up yeah that was the other reason why so many of the historical books that i wrote were novellas because it was like yeah no publisher is going to yeah. buy this but i yeah. want to write this story um exactly so you know time plus also that
0: so I mean, Briarly is is a World War Two male male retelling of Beauty and the Beast, um, except uh, Bell's father falls in love with the Beast, <laughs> and it's so. I mean, you guys, it's it's a he's a parson. He's and it's you know World War Two era France. And he stumbles upon this magical castle. Same setup. There's, you know, Belle is his daughter. He goes off. Um, he gets lost. He stumbles upon this magical castle where there's tons and tons of food, despite the fact that um, they're, they're in a war ration situation. And this magical castle is inhabited by a half dragon, like a sort of dragon dude. Um, and he, but instead of Belle coming and being the heroine, this Parson, this sort of older, very sort of meditative, very spiritual hero, Parson hero, falls in love with the beast. the That's dragon, awesome. And it is, I mean, when I say it is, it is such a beautiful, inspirational, like it is an inspirational romance. Like it has, it's this sort of meditation on faith and like love and it's closed door and it's just beautiful and it's a novella because it can be because it's so odd i mean it is odd there's so much about it that's odd but it's so excellent and i just want this person astor glenn gray to write more books yeah
1: all but right. that's, so that's not a novella. You just loved it, right? No, it this is just, a novella. it's, oh, a 100, it? oh, it's yeah. 120
0: pages long. Oh yeah. wow,
1: that's amazing. Okay, I was like, wait, but it's okay. Yeah, no. Okay,
2: so that's just moved to the top of my TBR. <laughs>
1: I know. See how <laughs> oh, wow. like welcome to our world. It's you terrible. can come back
0: anytime, and we'll just yell <laughs> book titles at you. <laughs> um, but actually, I'm if I'm gonna go next because I actually have another one that's sort of odd, like an an odd book. Um, my pick always when people say to me, like, what should I read? What historical, you know, I love historical romance. I love Regencies. What should I read? Novella wise is um, Mary Bela's a matter of class, which is one. It's a great example of what I was saying before about craft, like being able to, as a writer, really explore other ways of telling a love story, Um, because especially when you write Regencies, say. Um, there's such a desire as a writer, oh, there's such an expectation rather on the part of the reader that a writer will write a, a Regency or a Victorian or whatever mm-hmm. set in England with like pretty dresses in the country the same way always. And right. what um, Mary Balow is, she, what she does here is she takes the, it basically is the story of, um, a father who, um, is, is not titled and has never, he, he sort of pulled himself up by his bootstraps. He's a self-made man and he has a son who's like money. They have money now and the son is like a uh, kind of reprobate. Like he's sort of an, like just sort of hangs around with a bunch of people who his dad doesn't like. And he's sort of, his dad's kind of ashamed of him and he doesn't want to get married and he has plenty of money. He's just sort of a classic romance archetype and the father says you have to get married um either i cut off all your allowance or you marry the girl essentially the girl next door and they have he is the the hero and the girl next door have like hated each other for the whole of their existence <laughs> she is the daughter of an earl who has been through this scandal there's some speculation that she was caught with a coachman and her father is like I'll fine. I'll take anybody like, if <laughs> it, like she sells. We're going to sell when we can, because she is not for all markets. <laughs> right. And Damn. so, um, and so they end up like sort of in this kind of hateful engagement. And, but the way that this is told is in its time slip. So you start to see, um, that there's a second story that's coming to be. And what, and by kind of 80% of the way through the book, you realize that nothing is as it seems. And suddenly your mind is just kind of blown by this idea that you've been reading a romance novel and it's all been going exactly to trope, the way that the trope should be going. And then suddenly you realize that what Mary Bailow has done is blown up the trope and stitched it back together in a way you've never seen it before. Wow! And it would only work in a novella structure because one, I don't think she could sustain it for 400 pages. Yeah, Mm. And two, I think the reader would figure it out in in a longer form, but like, because it's so tightly knit and as Alyssa was saying, like there's really no space for anything else. You really are, you're what you're seeing is just like a perfect tapestry. Um, It is, I think, just a masterful piece of craft so if you are interested in writing certainly read it but also it's a great story and by the end you know you're sort of gasping with oh my god this is amazing <laughs> nothing is as it seems yeah,
1: um that's amazing so
0: yeah that's my pick okay i guess
2: it's my turn <laughs> uh, my pick is sorry i was like actually looking at the amazon page for a matter of class <laughs>
1: <laughs> see i was like that's how i'm always doing it you go, i have welcome. literally downloaded books while we were recording yeah. before oh
2: yeah i already had that the dragon, dragon. Yeah, I already- <laughs> <laughs> um so my pick is it's a contemporary romance it's layover by katrina jackson
1: she's great
2: Yes, she's awesome. Um she has a ser- she has two series. Um I think one is Welcome to Seaport and then The Spies Who Loved Her. Um this book is not in either of those series. It's a, this novella is a standalone and um I got it in part because there's a hot dude with the beard on the cover. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also, you know, I love her writing. So I was like, oh, I I think someone might have mentioned it in Rom Book Love or something, and I got it then because I hadn't heard of it before that. Um, So I was like, okay, cool, cute novella. And... I just really, the writing is really great. Oh, okay, so it's about, the heroine is um, named Lena, and she's a travel blogger who has, has a huge following on her travel blog, but who has started, she's been traveling for two years straight and is starting to not really enjoy it. And she is, has a layover in her hometown of Oakland, California.
1: and Ooh-hoo, Oaktown! <laughs> and, I lived there, you guys. Did you know that about me, Sarah? I uh, did know that. Yes. I love Oakland. If I won the lottery, I'd move back to Oakland.
2: I didn't know that.
1: I love um, it there.
2: But uh while she's there, she has been like talking online. There's a podcaster named Tony, who they met at a party one time, and um while she's there on her layover before going to a meditation retreat in Thailand, she's gonna stop at his place and record a podcast. And so like, I love this book on so many levels. Um, She fits so much into this novella. So there's, first of all, there's like this nostalgia, especially music-driven nostalgia. Um, Her best friend is there for, while she she makes travel mu- she makes music playlists for the places that she travels, um, she thinks a lot um, about music while she's experiencing things in her life and like when she's talking she meets up with her best friend while she's there, and like just kind of I loved how music and emotion were used mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. in the novella in a really strong way. Um, the exploration of they're both black creatives and kind of how they they're different um you know she's a travel blogger and he has his podcast and kind of the different ways that they are um moving through the creative world and also kind of the exploration of creative burnout um there's also like, you know, it's funny and like she has her best friend and he has his best friend. Um, but also then it deals with and it's sexy. You know, they have um, but also it's an exploration of grief and mm-hmm. kind of uh, so like she just kind of blends all of these things so beautifully. And then it's like you're done and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe all <laughs> of that was <laughs> in yeah, this one story. And it's like she just. Puts everything together so well, and, um, like, it really is, like, one of those things where one minute you're laughing, the next moment, minute you're crying, and the next minute you're like, oh, yeah, I really can relate to that. Or And it's kind of in the nostalgia of going back home, and all, like, so different types of nostalgia. Um, and I just think that, like, she fed so much into this, you know, one book, and I really loved it. So that's awesome. that is that is my uh, pick.
0: I love yeah. that. I also feel like that's a, that's the that's the perfect example of you know when you're when they're in the skilled writers with a novella format are able to just say so much in so little little time. Um, and I just think you know, as somebody who writes routinely over hundred thousand words on a novel, like I, it's a magnificent. I mean, part of me is like, you're magicians. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, right. I, you know, when I did write my novella, I wrote it for an anthology, and everybody else was like, mine is twenty thousand words, and I was like, mine is forty thousand words. <laughs> <laughs> you got to um, do what you got to do, there, man. I mean, No, it's just you know, it, it does feel like magic that when you can pack that much of a punch. Um, I just bought that one too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, see, see how it works. Um, can I talk about one more before we wrap up, or maybe we, could you know, I, because um, one of the things I also think about novellas is like what you include and then what you what you leave out. And a book that I really liked for like I think made a, a lot of really smart choices about what to leave out was a book called My Lady's Lover by Nicola Davidson. Mm. And this is part of a series of novellas about the Surrey Sexual Freedom Society, which uh-huh. is like this these Regency folks who have like a like their own secret essentially like
0: Like Girl Scout club, but like for talking about sex. Well, Nicola writes a real sexy book, too. Oh, yeah. We have not talked about erotic novellas, which I think, like, that does a whole different kind of work. But yeah, go on.
1: Right. Well, and this one is really interesting because what happens is um, Amelia is the Countess and Beatrice is her maid and beatrice has been like longing for amelia and amelia is very unhappily married to a man who is clearly abusive um and i i can't i don't want to like and it never happens on Paige. we know that he's like forced her we know that he you know some that she's like wanted to like she's not happy in this marriage in a lot of ways and beatrice is really aware of her, her unhappiness and you know one night when she's like dressing her like essentially something happens between them and it is real hot and i mean i was like ooh i am enjoying this and it's and i and i love how like what i really like about it too is when you have one character come in like it's unrequited love right then you already have like so much emotional tension and all you need to do is get that other character to like jump in that pool And one of the things that I thought was really interesting about this book, though, of course, is I was like, well, how are you going to resolve the bad husband plot? And one of the things, and essentially it is resolved, I thought, in a way that was really pleasing. I don't want to spoil it, but it all happens off page. And what I thought was really great about it is I remember thinking if this was a novel, you would have to really unpack exactly what had gone wrong in her marriage and things that had happened to her and how she gets out in a way that would have been really hard to read. It would have been really upsetting. And so instead of, like, sort of putting the hair the her- one of the heroines, like, kind of through this, instead we're just left to admire her metal, right? Like, she has survived it we don't need to see it because what we see is like the way that she has survived. And I thought in this way, like a novella was a really smart choice for exploring something that we just want to see this character and their resolve, but we don't need to actually see them like experiencing any sort of unhappiness or abuse or whatever on page. And I think that's the other thing a novella can really do is like just we can know that it happened without having to actually experience it or have the characters experience it. And I I think that that's something really powerful that novellas can also do is, like, hint at it. We all know it's there, but we don't have to, you know, we don't have to see it. And I think it gives some dignity to characters that way.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Because I've never thought about it that way, but you're you're absolutely right. I mean, you couldn't write a full no- novel with that as a as a plot and not ultimately deal with it on the page, right? Right.
1: So yeah, I mean, I think that that's another thing that a novella can really do is like show us a survivor, right? Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I yeah.
2: Oh no! I'm I was th- just gonna say. I think that that is true. Like, it's a good way of like avoiding, like, kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, you can address the issue, but you don't have to go so far into detail that it's distressing, right? Or <laughs> right, right, well, or like distressing the, in the wrong way, I guess.
1: Yeah, the Courtney Milan. Um, oh, I'm gonna not in the in the one you did with Courtney and Rose Lerner.
0: In Hamilton's battalion. Yeah, I was like, that's
1: oh, yeah. the title of it, obviously. <laughs> I felt like the Courtney Milan story to me, like, sort of had like a similar, right? Where um, John, I think, was the name of the one who had been a slave. Yeah. Like, right? Like, we know that about him, but it's not part of his on page story. Yeah. And I, I, and so I think it's like in that way, you can just make different choices. You just really get to focus on this person's as a, like a character with like dignity and you don't have to kind of put them through their paces. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for that in, in literature. Of course there is, but in a romance novella, in any romance, like I have said before, like if you're going to put trauma on page, I, I need to see healing on page. Like I need those to be in parody and so I think when you remove the trauma, then we just get to see, like, the person who's, who's like I said, who's the survivor. So I think emotionally you can really do really interesting things with people who have had really hard I, things happen to them.
2: And I think it's you bring up Courtney, and I think Courtney is actually, like, I when I had my list of novellas, like, all of her yeah. novellas are on the list, I think she <laughs> really is, like, a master at putting some really heavy stuff into the novellas in a way where the trauma does where the healing really overshadows the trauma in a good way. So like, you know that like this terrible thing, these kind of terrible things that happen to women that happen to marginalized people have happened. And but the overall feeling you get from the novel the novella is the kind of triumph of the character whether it's a large one or a small one, um, and I think that's something yeah that novellas can do really well is like handle these kind these issues that in a longer novel you might have to go into more detail or if you didn't go into detail that readers might say why didn't you go into more detail in this you know hundred thousand word book. Um, but I think like, you know, they can, uh, especially, you know, someone like Courtney, like in her books, um, but like just really kind of be that this quick, and this goes back to like the emotional impact of the novella, but like one of the reasons I love her novellas is, is like, you know, they can handle these like topics that can be very traumatizing, but when you're done with it. It just leaves you with this feeling of, oh, I can do yes. anything now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can, absolutely. I can go take over the world. And, um, you know, this kind of a like quick shot of, uh, you know, good energy or, you know, good romance energy. So uh, I did actually have a one that I wanted to, well, it's actually two because it was a duology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to briefly talk welcome. about it. I'm at, you're, yes. you're more than welcome. <laughs> yes, I, actually, I actually don't even know if it's still on sale right now. Um, but it was a duology by Olivia Waite, whose most recent book is The Lady's Guide to Celestial Mechanics, uh, the right mm-hmm. female <laughs> female regency from Avon. Um, and this is a paranormal. It's paranormal historical romance. And it's two that kind of really is subversive and fun. Um, I'm not sure if it's still available for sale. I I read it a while back, but, you know, I often think of it when I'm thinking of novellas. Yeah. It's two. Um, so it's a duology. One story is about, like, the hero was... Would be the rake in the Regency romance, uh, and he dies and goes to hell. Oh, <laughs>
0: and he's, that's he's, amazing!
2: Wow! Yeah, and he's being tortured by this demon for all of his, you know, rakish ways, <laughs> and. <laughs> That's the, awesome. But, and he also, like, kind of likes it.
1: Oh, my God. Perfect <laughs> for the, de- the, the Cole fans. I know. Like, <laughs> brand, fine.
2: And the demon and him start to fall in love, um, you know. And then one aspect, the fun aspect, so he was engaged when he died, even though he was still being, like, a terrible person. Um, and, like, his fiance finds her way down to hell to save him. And then he's, like, you know, you know, sorry, spoiler alert. Like, he's like <laughs> uh, I'm here with this demon now, we have a thing. Uh, but it, it works out. It, it is a happy ending, though, um, for that couple. Then the other part of the the second novella is the fiance, who she's gone. She put up with this guy. She went down to hell to save him. And he's like, oh, oh sorry, and love with someone else. <laughs> but also, she goes back and she can see demons now. Um, And she's, like, kind of even further, you know, ostracized from society. And then there's an incubus that shows up at a ball. And, you know, then her and the incubus get together. And it's just, like, the writing was really great and fun. And it was really subversive, like you know taking those aspects of historical romance and kind of turning them upside down and okay it it is (laughs)
1: available it's available packaged together as something called happily ever after
0: lives yes that's so
1: yeah we'll be able to like link to it It, like
0: names the titles are damned if you do that's book one (laughs) and hell and hellion Um, that sounds really amazing. Too. I mean, so, great. I, re- so, I really
2: enjoy that. I enjoyed both of the stories. Wait, what's so. it
0: called? What's the anth- happily I ever? It. I know. I'm like me too. I don't I'm care like, that <laughs> we're recording right now. It's important. <laughs> what does that matter?
1: <laughs> happily ever after lives. That's okay. amazing. Yeah.
0: I'm getting yeah, at. that
1: sounds awesome. Well, and that's exactly it. Like I am astounded mm-hmm. by the clever way I mean, I feel like my grandma's so clever. But like the <laughs> thing, <laughs> the things that you can write like you can take a, like something really high concept and kind of run with it because you know like a novella is sort of forgiving that way. Like you don't have to flesh it all out, right? Like the responsibility for that. Like you can just really deal with the concept. And I think that's why I think people that are disappointed by novellas, I mean, I I get it. Like it's it's just it's just a different thing. And I think if you approach it with the idea that I'm just going to get something different and that doesn't mean it's bad, right?
0: Right. It's it might not be its for own you. thing. But then also I think people are just less cranky about it when it doesn't you know, scratch an itch. They're like, well, that was an hour of my life. You oh, know? Yeah, absolutely. It feels so much more freeing to try something new when it's a novella. Um, you know, and I think about the fact all the time that my first Joanna Shoup novel in the Gilded Age oh, was yeah. Tycoon, which we've talked about on the, on the oh. podcast before, which is a Strangers on a Train novella. But I was like, I don't know, Gilded Age. I don't know. I've only read one of Joanna's books. And then I read Tycoon on a plane, on like a puddle jumper from here to D.C., and then instantly I was like, well, this is, I obviously need to buy every one of Joanna Sheep's Gilded <laughs> Age books, right? I mean, right. and sometimes, you know, if it, I, most, most writers have a novella, if they've been writing for more than a few years, they have a novella. And if you're just interested in trying somebody who you've heard about, but you're not sure if you want to, you know, blow $7, sure. try their novella. Well,
1: go ahead,
2: Alyssa. uh, I was just going to say, too, it's a good way, too, for
1: especially for people who have
2: series to like, um, you know, Mm, readers always there are always readers who find certain characters, you know, want to know more about them, want them to have a happily ever after. And sometimes you just can't write novels for every single person in the book. So that's also a good way. Like I was so happy that I got to write, um, the C story and Reggie's story because okay. getting to like, it would have been great to write novels for them too, but also it was just nice to be able to, to get their stories out there. Um, people didn't have to wait <laughs> for, you know, how long right. it would take to write full length novels for each of them. And, um, and also, because you know the thing too is like there's st- like the series was royalty, those two books are not dealing with royalty exactly, so like you can kind mm-hmm. of play right. around like if you have a an ongoing series, you can kind of still tell the stories for other characters that um readers like or that you like and you want to tell their story um and you know still fit it into the overarching series um without having to like you know do a whole spinoff series to that tackles another you know tackles another topic so it's fun for like catching up with people and for um you know getting side characters there happily ever after sure, too which
0: readers always always ask for of course well or even
1: like i was thinking about i don't know i guess i have dragons on the brain what's it dragon bound by thea harrison mm-hmm. which we talked about on our road trip interstitial like i think there's a couple of follow-up novellas with those same characters right. and like when you come across those as a reader you just feel like you've been given a gift right right yeah, like so oh. fun. I just want to spend it's a little, a little more
0: time with these characters, yeah. and it's so nice when you can. I mean, J.R. Ward did that too, with uh, the hero and heroine of Dark Lover, which is the first book in Black Dagger Brotherhood. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people use the novella to come back around to, mm-hmm. to couples. Right. I, I'm always a little bit like, oh, how is this going to go? Because I don't want to see them be unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, at some point, for there to be a romance, like, there has to be a Something conflict has to go a little wrong. Um, but, you know, and Sierra Simone did that with priest. She heard her novella midnight mass is a re is a, is a return to the hero and heroine of priest. So yeah, novellas are great. Everybody. Yeah. Read more of them. <laughs> I'm like, we should all read, read all, more all of them. Alyssa's, which we will link in show notes. Oh yeah. Amazing. Of course. <laughs> um, and Alyssa, tell us about the, what, first of all, what's coming next. And then tell everybody where they can find you.
2: Um, so next up um, is my Audible Originals novella. It is called The AI Who Loved Me. And um, it's a somewhat longer novella. So for the people who, like, I think it's a good compromise for people who don't like novellas because they're too short. And people who prefer novellas when they don't want to read a full length. Mm. Um. But it is about a woman who is a romantic comedy uh, thriller type thing, like I (laughs) said earlier. Kind of, you know, like, um, I was aiming for, like, the 90s action romantic comedy. And it is about a woman who lives in an apartment complex. Um, It's in, like, near future. And... She lives there. She has her two friends that live in an apartment complex and the woman across the hall who she's friendly with. And the woman's nephew shows up, uh, moves in with her one day, and he is super hot, very bizarre, and eventually turns out that it turns out that he is a robot. And um, things proceed. She ends up having to, you know, show him things about the world and... I don't want to give away too many I know, details. I Don't
1: give but, away too much. That but,
2: uh, sounds amazing. but basically, yeah, like she, she, th- at the beginning, she does not know he's a robot and they, she has feelings for him. And then she finds out he's a robot and she still has feelings for him. So it's, a, it's just, you know, your average girl meets robot boy story. Um, and uh, it was really fun to write. Um, his best friend is like the home artificial intelligence system. And so, you know, it's. Oh, that's. It was just some fun, um, romantic comedy and some science stuff and some suspense. So,
0: cool. And where can people find you?
2: You can find me usually on Twitter. Um, I'm at Alyssa Cole Lit L I T at on Twitter or AlyssaCole.com. I do have a Facebook, but I never I like never go on Facebook. I don't know why. I just am averse. Facebook-averse. Um, so usually you can find me on Twitter or on Instagram if you want to see pictures of my chickens. Um, Take pictures sometimes-
1: <laughs> of the frogs for us. Maybe that you can. <laughs> I don't even know if it's no, possible. No, there are sometimes pictures of
2: frogs because they like going into the ki- uh, They They're tiny, tiny frogs, and sometimes they just show up near the kitchen sink. Um, So you go to turn on the sink and there'll be like a frog sitting on the,
1: I don't even understand this
0: life you're living but I'm, I trust that you're happy and that yeah, you're fulfilled feels like a
1: lot Me,
0: I saw a I roach know, the other a- day and I was like we're going to have to burn the house down so if I walked into my <laughs> no, kitchen and there was a frog in the kitchen forget <laughs> it see
2: this is the weird thing Like now I can see a lizard in the house and I'm like okay whatever I see a frog I'm like okay frog you need to move off of the sink I still, if I see a roach, I will still freak out. Yeah, well, because <laughs> like, yeah. there's This has not changed from New York. <laughs> and, like, anything can be in the house, but a roach
1: still just, no, we like, like, like triggers yeah. some innate, like... This is a, a... Here's, a like, a formative roach story in my life, which is... <laughs> uh, I moved to Houston, Texas, to do Teach for America when I was, like, 22. And i was dating my like now husband and like we you know the th- i had two roommates and like we just had no idea they're like tree roaches that can fly and one night my one roommate amy like went out onto like it was dark outside but the lights were on inside obviously and she like held open the door too long because she was god bless her kind of clueless about things and a hummingbird flew in the house and i was like well that's really fucking weird that a hummingbird i didn't even knew you know i'm like thinking to myself this is so strange uh, no. humming it was you guys it landed and it was a roach oh and i was like <laughs> i oh my god i hate oh, it this is the worst it story. was terrible <laughs> i was like but, where do i live that i that no, there are hummingbird no, size roaches. I have to throw the whole state oh. away <laughs> and they are, they're loud when they fly. Yeah,
2: they and, uh, so disgusting. I hate them. That is actually a good thing where Tico and the cats come in handy. Like, yeah, they are the they are the roach patrol. They seem to have some kind of peace treaty with the frogs, but roaches, lizards, when they come in the house, they are taking their lives into their own hands.
1: (laughs) For sure. Alright, well, I don't know why we ended in this terrible place, but I feel like... Here we are. I'm like, sorry everybody.
0: Oh, with that we leave you with uh, images of uh, disgusting roaches. Thank you, everyone. Um, Find us on Twitter and let us know what vermin you have. There are no vermin in novellas, everybody. No, there are no vermin in romance novels. No, no. Um, I. So, okay, well, this is Fated Mates, everyone. Find us on Twitter at Fated Mates, on Instagram at Fated Mates Pod. Uh, like us on your favorite podcasting app. Um, Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on and talking about novellas. I'm so happy to have had this conversation with you because I wanted to just basically sit you down and talk about novellas for as long as I have been reading you, which is a long time.
1: Okay.
2: Oh, well, thanks for having me. It was fun. All right.
1: Good night, Take everybody. Care. Good night. Good night, tiny frogs. <laughs> Bye, frogs. <laughs> Good night, ultra marathoners. Okay. Good night.
0: Hi, everyone. It's Sarah, and I'm without Jen for 30 seconds just to tell you that I completely forgot during the novella episode to tell everybody that the Christmas novella that I talked about at the very beginning of the episode is actually out now in paperback N.E. Um, It came out late September. Uh, The book is called How the Dukes Stole Christmas, and it's a uh, quartet of Christmas novellas from me, Tessa Dare, Sophie Jordan, and Joanna Shoup. Each one is a retelling of a classic Christmas movie, a famous Christmas movie in a historical romance setting. So Tessa rewrote Meet in St. Louis. I rewrote Scrooged. um, Sophie rewrote Home Alone. And Joanna rewrote Christmas in Connecticut. So we hope you love it. Uh, If you read the Christmas anthology last year that the four of us put out you've already read this book it's just out now from HarperCollins in mass market and available again in ebook and in audio as always so um if you're feeling in the christmas spirit or want to get into the christmas spirit before halloween which sounds completely insane to me but hey you do you um the book's available now thank you we'll put it in show notes